I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between them. Well, we got a phone call a while back, which we have already talked about, that the Child Protection Agency for our area had, for our state, had contacted you and had talked to number two. Mm -hmm. And then... Not even a week later, he's still having, you know, some of these behavior issues that I think partly stem from the fact that he's not getting the mommy time, he's not getting the downtime, and then partially just him being him. Yeah, and he likes to give you more crap, and then it aggravates him when you're being logical, and it's just your natural state to be logical. And It's true. So he gets in the car, and I've told him numerous times that when he gets in my car, he should get in the car facing forward. Get in like you're going to sit down, not get in with your backpack on facing the other way and twirl around a bunch of times because you don't really want to sit down because you want to try to aggravate us first. Right. And so... You know, I just want to point out that number one child used to get into my car all the time with his backpack on, put his seatbelt on, and then I'd have to say, no. You cannot wear the seatbelt and the backpack at the same time. Because of the lazy reason, he didn't want to take it off and then put it on again. Yes, which I don't know whether it's better or worse that one does it because they're lazy and the other does it to piss us off. I think neither. Fair. Because it comes out the same... Either way. For us. The the result of this getting in the car the wrong way and the fact that I have a... You have a small car. I do. And I have a seat cover on the car because this is the child who still has toileting accidents. And so... So his sister is in her seat at this point with her seatbelt on waiting for this. Waiting for this. And he cannot get his seatbelt on for the life of him. Because he's got everything all tangled up from the seat, seat cover. And so I said, okay, you need to get out of the car. You need to go put your hand on the front door of the car while I reach into the back and basically reassemble the seat cover. And get the seatbelt back out. And get the seatbelt back out from underneath it. Get the hook that it latches into. Oh, yeah. That that goes underneath the seat. Threaded through the seat cover. Get everything basically back in place. Mm -hmm. And he is terribly frustrated with me at this point because... He wanted to stay at the after-school club and play with his friends, and instead he... We have this ridiculous expectation that they should come home every night and eat dinner and take a shower and get get taken care of. Yes. Yeah. And so he was so, so angry because they were about to do... I don't even know what. Mm Mm-hmm. And this has become a problem that he started getting angry at us for picking him up and taking him home. Yes. But either way, he's having a almost a meltdown, but not quite at this point. And he's huffing and puffing, and he's holding the car door like I told him to while I fix it. And then I say, okay, you can get in the car now. And I'm holding the door open because it's a little bit windy, and I don't want it to close on him. And then I'm handing him the seatbelt so that it won't get tangled again. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not playing this again. Mm -hmm. And the minute I let go of the door, he grabs it and pulls it directly into me. As in, to use it as a... Battering ram. Basically. That's what it sounds like, anyway. It hits me, and I stumble. And my hand, holding this seatbelt latch, and I stumble, and my wedding ring catches the bridge of his nose, thunk, right across his face. And that was the night that your best friend and his wife were coming over, the Jesus people, to record. 
They were coming over, and you were going to supposedly cook dinner, but it never happened. It never happened because by that point, I was freaking out. We had already had child protection involved with our child, and he knocks me over, and my ring connects with his nose, and is it going to bruise, and is there going to be a mark, and is he going to tell everybody that I'm hitting him when he knocked me over into him, and this is why... Because he's telling you you hit him, and... It's quite clear to his sister that he's just gone berserk again and causing harm to everybody. And I mm-hmm. I asked her, I said, so, you know, in front of him to see if he would pay attention. And he says, oh, she's just going to say that. And I'm thinking, not really. She doesn't no. th- do that. But it, No, the she's point was, pointed out to me before when I am wrong. Yeah. She's not ashamed to do that. She, she, is likes, not. she likes to be right. And if she is pointing out to someone that they are wrong, it doesn't matter that they're an adult. And it doesn't matter that they're an adult in charge of her. No. She will point out that I am wrong. I was hoping that if she said to him, no, here's what you did. You know, sometimes a kid voice to another kid helps and it it wasn't going to help. He was having none of it. No. Because whenever something happens to him, no matter what he's doing, it's your fault. When he stubs his toe, it's the house's fault. Yes. When he goes outside barefoot and steps on pokey seeds, it's the plant's fault. And the ground and the earth. Yes. And the planet. The planet. Mm Mm-hmm. He hates the planet. The planet hurt his foot. Yes. And so at this point, I'm thinking, you know, I am just totally freaking out. And I'm trying not to. And I know that he picked up on that because he's come back to that. I think that with the history that you have and when he becomes really crazy, it's like dealing with a DV situation. And that cycle is really jarring to anybody. DV being... Domestic Domestic violence. Yes. We're using acronyms from our jobs. Well, yeah, lots of people use that acronym as far as I know, but maybe that's because I talk to a lot of people in our jobs. So this combative type, repetitive combative type situation gets people really jumpy. It does. And he picks up on when that has happened. He does with you. Maybe because I don't react the same way. Maybe because then every time he's feeling powerless in a situation or every time he's feeling frustrated, that is what he comes back to. Just like when he got upset about having outed you to the dentist, I think. And he was like, oh, dad's not going to like it that I said that. And I'm like, well, we just be more careful with our words. And then it became that I had told him no. And then that was the thing that he had kept coming back to for months and months. It sounds like he can't process his part of it, which means he can't do anything about it which means he's more frustrated and has to find somebody to blame. It's never his fault. Mm -hmm. And the problem with things never being your fault is you can never fix them. No. So in any case, that's way too complicated for him. It is. And so at that point, it's become a power play that anytime he does feel frustrated with me or with this house, his nose still hurts. And apparently he brought this up when he got in trouble at school the other day, because I got a phone call from the school counselor. And this is the substitute school counselor who's been there, I think. She's only been there a few months. Right. So she called me because a few things had been going on. Mm -hmm. He had been telling stories that he had a girlfriend and getting towards explicit about his interaction with this girlfriend and bringing her to his bedroom and closing the door and stuff. And then he did admit to the counselor when when she had to have a talk with him about this, that he had heard some kids at the park talking about this, and he just wanted to be cool and that kind of thing. But the other thing that happened within the same period of time that she was calling me about was 
he was on the computer at school doing, they were all doing a project and they're supposed to like research something and find the photos to glue to their page or whatever. Okay. But he was looking at girly photos. Now, how explicit they were, I don't think they could have been too much because the school would have filtered the school that, district still, filters it. But if he's looking up bikini girls, that's still more than he should be doing at school. Yes. And at eight years old. This kid was like this when we'd be at the beach when he was three or four. Mm-hmm. Somebody in a bikini walked back and he'd look. He just does. And I don't know why I don't have enough science to figure that out. And that's not what I'd figure out if I had enough science to do that right now. <laughs> what I'd figure Fair out enough. is what would be helpful to him. Right. So they said to him, and this is what was giving her a clue that she needed a different approach, is they said, it's not appropriate. And and he said, but they're pretty. So in other words, why is it not appropriate if they're perfectly good to look at? Right. <laughs> right? And they tried this a couple times, and he, he gave the same answer, but they're pretty. Then she said, well, do you understand what it means that it's inappropriate? And he said, no. And I said, well, that's funny, because he understands not appropriate, but he didn't understand inappropriate, because mm-hmm. it starts with a different letter. Yes. And a different sound. And that's how he is. Mm-hmm. And then she admitted that she doesn't usually deal with young kids. She usually deals with like high schoolers. And so this is a bit of a learning curve for her. But the other thing that had come up is then when she said, okay, well, I'm going to have to talk to your parents about this. You know, he started to lose it. And he said, no, 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 my dad will ground me and my mom will punch me in the nose and throw me on the ground. And she thought, well, that sounds wrong. But now I need to figure out what he's talking about. Right. So then she talked to some other admin type people there who have been dealing with him longer. Yes. And said, this is what he's saying and this is what's going on. And trying to figure out as a mandated reporter, do I have to make a report? Because this doesn't sound right. But Right. And at that point, didn't you said that he had backtracked that story when she asked him for him. more information? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, no, no, no. Uh, that happened when I was like seven. <laughs> and then she says to me, but how old is he? And I said, well, he just turned eight. And he did get his nose bumped. The uh, You know, I explained the whole mm-hmm. car story to her, you know, and she understood that. And she's trying to put it together. And I'm thinking that she thinks she doesn't want to make a report that's going to be useless, but she does have to make sure that he's not getting hurt. And actually, as a mandated reporter, it's not your job to figure that part out. It's a job for the CPS to figure right. out. So I'm surprised they didn't call somebody else to figure it out. Right. But I think she can tell there's enough other stuff going on with him that... This is not the problem she needs to help him solve right now. That's not really a problem. Like, you can tell when some kids are getting hurt. When I have kids, you know, as a mandated reporter myself, if they have no fear, it's very unlikely anybody's hurting them. Right. You know? Uh-huh. I mean, and that's what, what I've heard social workers go through when they're mm-hmm. determining things. But So she asked him for more specifics and about marks or bruises, and there was none. So they don't really have anything unless they have a real concern. There's nothing to left. report. If there's nothing to report, but they still have this feeling of concern, they can report it anyway. Yeah. But in any case, so so she's calling me and talking to me about all this for 45 minutes. <laughs> And I explained to her, since we were talking for so long, mm-hmm. a little bit about his background and what we've been doing and what the meds are doing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I got off the phone and I thought, well, okay, that was mostly a call about, hey, your kid is getting into girly pictures on the computer and talking about girls and getting into trouble. But it was also a feeling out, you know, who are these people and are they punching their kid in the nose and throwing them on the ground? Because we can't see that evidenced, but mm-hmm. he's saying that. And I told her, I said, his mother and I are divorced for some years now, and 
she wouldn't hurt a fly. He's more likely to get terribly spoiled by her than anything. Mm -hmm. And he does have a problem with my wife. And that in part is because she's not his mother. And it is in part because she tends to want to use logic and he really doesn't like it. And I think she can see that about him. Yes. (laughs) And it aggravates him. Mm -hmm. So that's what I thought when I got off the phone. I thought that's, you know, I was summing up in my head, what's happening here? Mm -hmm. Because that was a long conversation. It was. And then I go to pick him up on a Thursday night. Yeah, while I'm working. While you're working and you're going to be picking up the other two from their dad's house. Because I'm out and about. And you needed to be in that part of town. And so you would be picking them up on your way home from work. And I get a text from you. And he's, again, angry that I picked him up from school and he was still playing and he didn't want to go yet. And they were having some sort of bingo event. I don't know. I never saw any flyer about that or anything. I didn't either. Because if I saw a flyer like that, I would probably ask my aunt, would she like to go and do that with him? Yes. Because she likes bingo. She does. She's fairly social compared to... Compared to the rest of your family. (laughs) Compared to the rest of my family, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, if we had seen anything about it, we probably would have scheduled for somebody to go and but do that, it with That's him. not always but an option. I mean, when I've, it's time to pick up your kids from school and go home, it's time to go home. Yes, and he was angry about it, and then I tried to offer him, you know, I know that they were having tacos at this parent event. We are not going to have tacos. You can have a burrito or leftover chicken or a meat sandwich or a peanut butter sandwich. Or I gave him like five or six options. I was being egg. more than generous. An egg. egg. He likes that. He egg. likes fried eggs. Yeah. You know, I was trying to be generous because I knew that he was missing out on this other event that he wanted to go to. And he said he didn't want any of that. And he hated me. And I'm so mean. Yes. And that you are mean. And he told his teacher you were mean. And she said... That he could go live with another family he said, if you were mean to him. I talked to the other teacher, and he, he was very clear that it was the other, other teacher. And so I'm guessing that that would be the woman who had come. Yeah, and, he told me later it was the woman who had come and talked to him at his school. Yes. The, the worker. The social worker. And this is often a thing that, you know, they're trying to empower the child and get them to feel comfortable and want to talk if something bad really genuinely is happening and they feel apprehensive about discussing it. And they say, we can get you a safe place if you need one, if you tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. And in genuinely dangerous situations, that's empowering and it gets safety for a child. Mm -hmm. And in our situation, it gives him another chip in his power play. Yeah, it does. But what was worse about it is then he became, started becoming violent with you or... Aggressive. He was threatening violence and he was enjoying that power trip and bullying you. He was, and he undoes his seatbelt when we get into the garage. He didn't undo it beforehand. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. We get into the garage. He undoes his seatbelt. I say, you need to take your things in now, and if you don't want dinner, that's okay. But you need to either wash your hands and get ready for dinner or go to your room and get ready for your shower. And he's just yelling, no, no, no. And I said, you've said no four times. I heard you the first time. Mm-hmm. No, that's five times. No, that's six times. Mm-hmm. And I wait, you know, until he's calm enough that I can get a word in edgewise. And mm-hmm. I, again, you can wash your hands or you can go get ready for dinner. And he gets up off his seat and he starts to lunge at me. And I said, you do not get to put your hands on me. 
And at this point, I'm thinking he's going to do something and he's going to get himself hurt. And because this has been the pattern. It has been. And so at this point, I turned on the video recorder in my phone, which is sitting in its docking cradle in my car, turn on the video recorder. And I said, I've got this video recorder on. Whatever you do is getting recorded. Mm -hmm. And so instead of putting his hands on me, which I had just told him, you don't get to put his hands on me. He picks up his backpack and makes like he's going to throw it at me. And when I flinched. He said, ha ha, scaredy cat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, now I know that you are really just feeling powerless and you're trying to get something out of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I cannot leave you in my car because there's a chance you will damage something if I leave you alone in my car. And he can get very hurt because he's very strong. He is. And so I just sat there in the car seat and waited for him to calm down. And at this point, I am just, again, so... Rattled totally rattled by the situation that, you know, my child should not be threatening me. No. Should not be he shouldn't. throwing things at and me. And even though you have the understanding that he feels powerless and he feels threatened by his situation, it doesn't mean that he should be threatening you. Right. But what we do for him, well, that's what we're getting to. Well, hopefully we will be able to find a therapist that we can get some work on this because the meds have helped his behavior a lot, but there's still some things, some thought processes that are happening in his head that we need to help him repair. He needs more help with the situation and we need more help at this point. Yes. So we need therapy. So we're we taking him some... back to therapy. We don't know where yet and we don't know with who we're working on those referrals now, but in the middle of nowhere, it's hard to find somebody who knows what they're doing, especially with big problems like this. Right. Well, so far we've had, I think, really good, I don't want to call it luck. I've, we've had really good like synchronization with resources we need coming to us. Yes. Because they certainly did with the therapy we had with him before. It was a mm -hmm. good match for him. Yes. His we've therapy in preschool was amazing. Really good results with the meds, even though the ADHD meds were definitely Mm -hmm. bad match for him. It was evident immediately and we were able to stop that and go and seek the right thing. Right. You know, so some of this has happened along the way where the first med he's on that's helped him stabilize his mood was an accident. Mm -hmm. So we, we have a possible lead to something again mm -hmm. that could be a really good match for what we've got going on. Right. It will involve some travel. travel. So that part is less fortunate, mm. but maybe maybe there'll be something good out of it. Yes. In any case, we don't know yet that yet. We have to, as you said, get the referrals in order. Right. I did mention to his mom that we were going to seek some therapy because he was continuing to have a lot of problems, and she's a proponent of therapy. Yes. And she said that was good. Mm -hmm. So he got a night with his mommy, and now she's not feeling well, and I have to get him. Well, it's good that he was able to at least have one night. Yes. It's good that we were able to have one night. <laughs> it is, because I actually did sleep, and I didn't have oh, any good. like stress dreams that startled me awake or yes. anything like that. Because especially since that first incident with the car, you have not been sleeping well. Did, did I even talk about that one? No. See, we missed a whole section of him terrorizing. Yes, tell us how he terrorized you. What happened to you? Well, a little over a week before this happened with you in the car, I went to pick them up because you had to take number one child to his psychiatrist appointment. Mm -hmm. 
So I went to pick them up to take them to their gymnastics, and I had taken a little time out of my afternoon to do that. Out of work, instead of going to lunch, I was taking kids to gymnastics. Yes, you put your lunch at the end of your day so you could do that. Well, and I was supposed to go back. So I picked them up, and he didn't want to go because the kids' club was going to the park. And he started crying, and I was doing the thing we've been working on lately with him with the whole brain child, which is a book. Mm-hmm. whole brain type approach of helping him settle enough in his emotional brain to find access to his thinking brain. You have to do that by really addressing the emotions they're having. So I was trying to do that at the kids club as I'm picking them up, but I also need to get the other child picked up as well and get her to gymnastics as well. And I thought, well, yes, he's upset. And yes, we can talk about that he doesn't want to go to gymnastics, but right now we're scheduled to go. It's the last class of this month. It's already already paid. Already paid for. So it's time to go. And he continues to cry. So I get them to the car and I'm addressing his emotions he's talking to me about. And this is all taking a while because he's quite upset. So it's taking a while to get out of there and into the car and get seatbelt on and be able to go somewhere. And I start driving towards gymnastics for a couple of reasons, because that's what our task is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I have to go back to work because our number three child does need to get to her class. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I understand you don't want to go. And you don't have to go. But I do need to take your sister because she does want to go. And she also has a class that she's scheduled for. So I drive there. And he's still totally losing it. And I thought, okay, this is not good. By now, he would have calmed down. So I'm going to have to do something else. So I, I was texting you to see where you were at with number one child to see if I could meet you somewhere or I could go back to the house and you could come and get her or what we could do. Right in order to get her there, but not have to take him there. Because at this point, he started getting really crazy about, I don't want to even go in there, and I don't want to go with Jess, and I don't want to be there. And, you know, he wanted to go to the park. And I was saying, I understand you don't want to go there, and you don't have to, but I have to figure out where you're going to be, Mm -hmm. because I'm supposed to go back to work. And possibly you can go home and be with your brother. Yes. Or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me figure that out. I had to get out of the car and close the door so I could text. Yes. And I asked him to be a little quieter because I felt bad for his sister. Yes. And she didn't seem too bothered. She understood that we were trying to handle it the best we could, and she was still going to get to go. So I texted you, and you said, yes, you could meet me at the house as you're dropping off number one child and take number three with you. And on the way back to the house, he finally stopped. He finally came out of his brainstem and decided he didn't have to fight this anymore because now he felt safe or whatever his story is. Mm-hmm. And so then his sister says, we're just a couple blocks from the house, and his sister says, so do you not want to go to gymnastics at all? And he says, no. And I noticed that she waited until everything was completely calm because she knows better than to try to talk to him when he's that wound up. I mean, I had to talk to him during that time. Plus, I was trying to help him process his emotions and mm-hmm. calm down enough to talk to me about a solution. Did that help him any? Because I found usually when I try that, and maybe it's just because he associates me with that frustrating logic thing. But it You are helps. talking, and so he just can't handle that. Yeah. Yeah. Did did it help when you were trying to I couldn't to tell, but you know, this was one of the first really big tries. I mean, one of the first times where we're dealing with this extent of emotional situation with him. Mm-hmm. Other ones have been smaller and I'm trying to listen to him. Plus I'm newer at this particular approach. 
was him. Right. I couldn't tell that. He did look at me a few times, which is good because he tends not to look at you if he's getting wound up and frustrated and angry and mm-hmm. just emotional in any way. He won't look at you. Right. He did look at me as I was addressing his emotions. So I thought that was good. But I couldn't tell if the results were different, and I wouldn't expect them to immediately be different. Although I did have some, obviously, unrealistic expectation that he might calm down sooner than 40 minutes. 40 minutes is too much. I had such a headache, and I knew it was a tension headache, and I knew I needed to breathe, but I just couldn't seem to. So I didn't get back to work. You took number three to gymnastics. Uh I stayed here. And And he continued to ask me at first, and I think he would have continued overall. I tried to just be very honest with him instead of being the part of the parent that says, I'm going to be the logic for you. I I tried to be very honest with him as well, adding, you know, adding in this, this part I felt was because he can feel that when, especially when he's so emotional. And I said, look, all that screaming you just did in the car gave me a terrible headache. So what you need to do is go and play somewhere quietly or go and do something somewhere quietly. Right. And he said, can I go to the park? And I said, no. He said, you can't take me to the park. And I said, no, I have a terrible headache. And I'm not taking you to the park after you just screamed at me in the car for 40 minutes. Right. And he accepted that very easily. Good. And he said, well, can my brother take me to the park? And I said, you are not going to the park. We don't get to go to the park by screaming at people about it. That's not how it works. You need to go and do something quietly because my head hurts and that's what you can do. And he went and played. So I had a headache for four hours. He wouldn't take that from me. He takes that from you. He does. He he would not take that from me. He would keep pushing, keep pushing. I've heard lots of other parents say that Mm -hmm. about kids giving them crap. And saying, well, he listens to his father, but not his mother, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. I hear that a lot. In any case, that was the beginning of my tension headaches. And I had them consistently, off and on, every day, for about 10 days. Mm -hmm. This is, what, the 11th or 12th day? Yes. I did have a headache yesterday. You did. For a period of time when I was dealing with a situation that had to do with similar issues related to him. And I... Hope I won't have one later, but I'm not going to count on it because I've had one and they come and go and I know they're tension headaches and I've got to figure out what to do. And and I think in part, I have to get us some therapy, like we said, and I have to get him some services that are going to help him learn how to process things. Yes. Get from his emotional brain to his thinking brain, whatever it is. I have no idea what it is. If I did, I would have done it already. Right. But at this point, I feel like I'm getting my own trauma-related Do you think it might be time for us issues. to recommend to the school when we have that meeting next month again that they shift him to the social special ed instead of the cognitive special ed? Do you think that that program would help him? I don't know. We can talk to them about what's going on with him at school mm-hmm. and see if it sounds like that is something we should be looking at. And they've been pretty good about bringing that up. His teachers and the special ed, their team has been very good about, well, we can consider these things. So if he's having these problems there, which he usually has things consistently across the board, they're probably at the same stage of questioning that. And they may not want to do it at the end of the school year. They may want to try it at the end of the school year. I don't know. So we'll have to talk to them and see what's going on with him at school. They probably wouldn't do it for the end of this school year. They would do it for the beginning of second grade. I have no idea. And I've had since I've been getting the headaches, less ability to problem solve the situation. Mm -hmm. Understandably so. 
I'm exhausted. When I told my friend and his wife yesterday about this, his wife said, this is exhausting hearing about it and not even going through it. And I imagine that that could be true. I, I think I felt like that in the past when people have told me things that sounded that way. But unlike what happened with my mom at my sister's house, where I feel like we have this now similar experience together, it's not something I need. I, what I need is some solutions Yes. to create some relief. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good to know that that's true cognitively, I guess. It's good to know that you're not the only person experiencing these frustrations. Or who who can understand them. It's good to know that someone else can listen and say, wow, that is really a lot to deal with. That's good to know cognitively, but it doesn't help me get any relief from the situation right? like some solutions would. Right. Like his other therapies did. Mm-hmm. They gave us some relief. They saw us getting some progress with him and him becoming happier with himself. And, and uh, more compliant with expectations of acting like a human. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so... So let's see if we can find something like that again. Yeah, basically. Only more geared towards not toddlers. It's amazing to me that they have therapy for toddlers and preschoolers. Yeah, and it works really good. It does. Yeah. It's play-based. It's very structured. It was awesome. We need the next stage. We need the next stage now. Yeah. So we hope that this is that microphone magic that we've talked about a couple times before, although I don't think we've tried to work microphone magic in a while. Don't think we've had any problems this big. We used to work them all the time when you were trying to access transition services. Yes. And they worked very well. We would have this problem and have this problem, and then we would talk about the problem you were having. To the microphone. We would talk about it to the microphone, and then the problem would be resolved. Yes, it would. And so... And I'd like the problem of tension headaches and stress dreams and children unhappy with everything Uh to be magicked by the microphone. So send us your... Lovely. Good energies, your positive juju, your prayers, thoughts, spells, whatever energies you've got for us, send it our way. Thank you. Yep. I think that's it. Okay. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is... Transpantastic. You didn't sound very excited. Sorry? (laughs) It's okay. Didn't know I needed to. Okay. Should we try again? Okay. Um, I'm I'm having better words today, but they're not all there yet. It's okay. It's it's more. Um. We don't want to make that was the whole beginning of the story, and I don't know if you want to cut it out and put it at the beginning, Uh, but but here it it is. You decide where it goes.